Hello, my name is Jimena Santibáñez and this is Healthy Digital Life. This is a space where we're going to be talking about how to use digital technology, devices, social media, and all of this fun tech stuff in the best way possible, in a way that we can actually be in charge and in control of it, in a way that we can use it to connect with others, to build our businesses, to communicate with our relatives or friends that are not close to us. Uh, to have access to information and to get all the great benefits of technology and social media without engaging in the negative behaviors, in all the misconceptions, in misinformation, and all those things that are making our lives very, very complicated, to tell you the truth. Um, I decided to create this space a long time ago, but it, there were a couple of things that happened recently that really invited me to join the community of podcasters. The first was that I've been hearing way too many comments from really good friends of mine who have really great voices and great ideas that they should be sharing and who were very hesitant about joining either Twitter or just sharing their comments and their contents on Facebook, um, who have tried to find different elements and different areas where they could grow, but they were staying away from social media in all its shapes and forms. And I was very, very sad about it. I know that there are great opportunities here and I would really love to see what they can bring to the table. So listening to them saying that they're not going to be a part of it made me really sad and really frustrated. So I wanted to share with them and I wanted to share now with you all those things that make social media such an amazing place to be and that make this digital era such an exciting time to be part of, um, to be engaging, to be communicating, to be generating contents like this. So first off, I want to talk about the main purpose of social media. This is something that even Mark Zuckerberg has been um, talking about very recently, saying that his main purpose is to create a global community through Facebook. The same is the case really for many of the other platforms like Instagram, like Pinterest, like all these different areas where we can share thoughts or ideas or contents or pictures. Um, and the point of them is really to create a community. It's to build bridges. It's to bring us closer to the people far away from us, like Skype can do, um, like all these different communication systems. And if they were all created for this so noble and so amazing purpose of connecting and creating communities. What happened? When did they become such a big source of problems and trouble and uh, self-esteem that is so low that people are actually considering suicide, that we've become so aggressive, that we've become so bold in the things that we say without thinking about the people that we can harm with them, um, that we've become so irresponsible with the information that we have in our hands and we do not understand that the names and the habits and the age and all of these things that we're taking from our users are actually valuable things that we should be careful with. Where is it that we come from having these tools for connection and making them tools that disconnect and that disrupt our lives and that disrupt our communities. 
when does this happen? I think there are three very, very specific problems that make social media a place for this connection. And when I talk about social media, I also talk, or I would also like to include um, cell phones and tablets and all the physical tools that actually create the content that we share on social media because most of it is pictures right or videos um, and we actually need to type into a device all these ideas so that they can actually appear on social media so they're very much connected but I want to talk about social media as the place where it happens right so the first element that I want to talk about is bullying cyberbullying um how we use all this aggression towards others and we come to the point of really intimidating them and pushing them above and beyond where they should go emotionally, especially. Um, I think that social media is really a platform where everything is magnified. It's like a magnifying glass of everything that we bring from the real world into the social media world or community. If we have low self-esteem, if we have anger issues, if we've never been able to relate to other people, to communicate properly, if we have not been able to develop a proper self-esteem, if we don't have values, if we don't have uh, just the basic respect for humanity that we should have, then all of this gets definitely magnified when we get into social media. So... Bullying is definitely one of these first signs where we think we have the right to impose our opinion on others and to make them feel less. We somehow find that um, this uh, there's some sort of anonymity that we hide behind when we do cyberbullying. Um, and that has a lot to do with another thing um, that I've also been talking about with a lot of people recently that has to do with should I use my own name on social media especially in the case of kids and teenagers they always ask is that safe enough is that the right way to go I really want to protect my child and the answer the simple answer is yes if you want to be protected and if you want to keep others safe you have to use your own name your own image not a fake name nor a pseudonym um, or a username, which is okay for Twitter because you can have that as your handle, but your name should appear. You have to be uh, very honest with who you are offline and online. And I mean, how safe can you be with any other data system having your child's name, your child's full name in that um, that's as safe as you can be on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. The thing is, you cannot go into these platforms if you're under 13. Many of uh, the platforms are raising age limits to uh, 16 and older. But the thing is, if you're not um, smart enough to handle yourself, if you're not capable of going to an adult when you need it, if you're not capable of handling criticism and if you cannot develop a healthy self-esteem, then you should not be on social media. That's really the bottom of it. You really need to learn to get a grasp of all these things before you get into social media. And I know that that's a huge um, place for discussion because most of the platforms are aimed at teenagers. 
but they're not ready for it. And if they're not ready for it, then they should not be around there. Um, and that's a lot of work for teachers and parents and families because we really need to get them ready because they will have to be a part of it. They cannot escape from it and we cannot say that they don't need to use it ever because they will need to use it. So we need to train kids in their use and we need to have them use their real names because that will also help us to be accountable for our actions, for the things we say and the things we do online. If we use a fake name, if we use uh, just a username that we make up and we do not use our actual information, then we cannot be held accountable for what we're doing. And that little room for anonymity creates a monster, creates a whole bunch of monsters and trolls. And that is actually what makes a difference in our behavior online. That is actually one of the things that really differentiates what we do online or offline because we know someone can actually come to us and tell us, why did you say that? Um, so that is one of the bigger things for bullying and to avoid it. The second element that happens that creates this disconnection on social media is uh, self-esteem. Like I said, if we're in the lower specter of the self-esteem range, if we don't appreciate ourselves as much, any sort of criticism can be life-threatening. Any sort of criticism can make us, can push us over the edge. So it's definitely not a right moment to be on social media when your self-esteem is not working. Like I said, it's a magnifying glass, so everything works bigger and faster. And if you're on the other specter of self-esteem, when you have very high self-esteem, you will be showing off that you're very confident, that you're very good looking, and you could be tempted to be a bully, to become a bully, to become that person that says you should be doing all of these things, you should be looking like this, you should be, and that is not the case in social media. We really need to learn how to share our reality, not a poised and prepared and produced version of ourselves. I mean, there are some things that do have to do with marketing and how we want to brand ourselves and that do have to um, do with taking care of who we are online and offline. But we have to be more real. We have to be real uh, with our problems, saying our truth, explaining our truth, and maybe that will allow us to connect with a community that is struggling with the same things. But we also have to be careful. I recently listened to a talk by Marianne Williamson and someone was saying that they were trying to get a, a group on social media to talk about uh, getting away from drugs and what the process is like when you decide to go off drugs and that they were finding a lot of hate online. And that, I, I thought um, her answer was amazingly smart because it, it wasn't probably what everybody was trying to listen to. Uh, everybody would have liked to, her to say that it's okay that you should keep t speaking your truth and eventually things will happen. But the truth is, when, when the subjects are so sensitive, when it's stuff that could actually make you go back into drugs because you could be bullied beyond belief, then you shouldn't be 
talking about that in an open forum online. You can create communities where you actually monitor who's part of them and talk about those sensitive subjects. And there you can have some control over what's going on. But if you're doing it just openly on Twitter or if you're doing it in a public space where anyone can see them and anyone can engage, then you are going to be subject to these things because everybody seems to have an opinion, informed or not informed, but Everybody seems to have an opinion about it. Um, so you have to be very careful about self-esteem and what you are doing about it and how you bring it to social media. Um, you have to be very mindful that not everybody is in the same stage as you are, not only because of the age ranges that go anywhere from 13 to um, 90-something and however old the oldest internet user may be, um, But it's also about the background, about your personal life experience, about values, about your own personal history. We are so diverse and that is very good. That's very enriching. But it's also a little bit um, dangerous because we don't know who we're talking to and how to approach them. So we need to be very mindful of that. And The, the third element that I think really leads to this disconnect between having social media being this awesome world of connection and this very nightmarish reality that we're living with is venting. Something happens on social media. Maybe it's this anonymity factor. Maybe it is that you're, you think you're talking to yourself. The fact that you're talking into a device and not to a person maybe does that. So you're kind of thinking that you're just talking to yourself and you're not. Um, way. And we're suddenly having family arguments and relationship conflict on a Facebook wall. And everybody can see it. So you're supposedly talking about how you're feeling today and you're saying so many things that you shouldn't be sharing with the whole entire world. Even if you have privacy settings where only your friends can see stuff, um, just think about it. How much of what you share on your personal profile would you just say at the dinner table with your family? If it passes that filter, then go ahead and by all means just post it. But if it's something that you would not like your mom to see, your grandma to hear, um, if it's something that you would not say to your spouse's face, then why would you share it online when anyone else can see it, even themselves? Why would you put it out there for the world to know about if it's yours, if it's just a matter of two people or three people or a little small group and you're making it this huge thing? The same thing happens... Uh, with work-related situations. If you go online and put online, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, if you're sharing that your teacher is such a bad person, blah, 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 that your boss is really exploiting you, okay, you might be right, but what you're doing is putting them on the spot. You're actually making them a public issue. And again, I repeat this, even if you have a private settings configuration where only your friends or family are connected, even if it's just your friends, one of them may actually have your teacher as a connection or your parents or anyone else. So 
you have to be very mindful of the kind of information that you're sharing. It is not all public. It is not all shareable. Some things are still private and some things must still be kept to yourself just for the sake of enjoying your own thoughts and enjoying your own uh, thought process. Not everything should be shared all the time. If you need uh, personal advice, you can always just send a private message to your best friends, to your family members, and they will be happy to help you out and get together for a cup, cup of coffee or maybe connect through Skype and have an online conversation, but just between two people so that you can sort things out. You don't need to overshare. It's one thing to have the honesty and the vulnerability to share some things that are important that must be said. Uh, but when you're coping with stuff, when you're dealing with your demons, when you're dealing with your own inner conflict, um, that is not the time to post online. That is not something that you want to have out there. It's a very vulnerable space. And like I mentioned before, when we were talking about self-esteem, you really don't want to go there right then. Um, when you're vulnerable, you don't want to be oversharing and subject to criticism and subject to opinions that may actually harm you. And this goes for relationships as, as well. If you're at a delicate point in your relationship, that is not the moment for everybody to pitch in. That is not the moment for everybody to give you advice. And this happens a lot. Um, I mean, a lot of different women's groups and sometimes they will come to these groups and ask for a whole bunch of opinions when issues are very, very personal. It's not the same when you're in a situation of abuse where you really need legal advice and you really need someone to tell you get out of there. Um, that is a different scenario. But when you're dealing with inner conflict, with your emotions, with your values, it is very delicate and very complicated to share them publicly. So we have to be mindful about that. That being said, I do still believe that Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and groups and WhatsApp are some of the best things that could have happened to humanity. I do hold most of my personal uh, life through social media. I enjoy it a lot. I sometimes face a lot of conflicting thoughts and conflicting ideas and people do not always agree with what I say even my very loved ones and my friends and my relatives but that is good that is the very essence of life it is not that we always have to find people who are in the same frequency as ourselves people may be in a different stage in life like I said they might come from a different background we're going to run into people who will see the same thing with a very different perspective and we cannot just shut out all those voices we need to understand that there are different views we have to be tolerant we have to be patient but we also need to know when to step aside and when we should not engage with those uh, visions or with that um, language or with that thought um we don't have to engage in everything and we cannot also uh, refrain from engaging in everything. We have to bring our voice into the digital world in the same way that we bring it in the real life, in real life scenarios offline. How would we engage someone who's doing something that's wrong? Just if we saw it on the street, that's the same way we should engage them when we're online. 
in a safe, educated manner when we try to make things better to the best of our abilities, but understanding again that this is a community, a global community that sometimes is not as regulated as we would like it to be, but we ourselves are the police officers that can report what's going on. And we need to understand that it is a magnifying glass. It is a magnifying platform where things are bigger and faster and go way further than we would expect on real life. We are an international community. We go beyond borders, beyond um, ages, beyond backgrounds. So we do need to understand those differences. We need to understand who we are and what we're bringing to the table um, as we should in the real world. We need to know who we are so that we find our space within a community, within a family, within a relationship. And that is also what transfers into the digital world. So I invite you to be a part of it, to be bolder and to take some more risks and go to those platforms that you probably were scared of approaching before, like Twitter, like uh, Facebook, um, and actually learn what's going on and listen to the things that are being said and see the opportunities that you can find there. But again, be informed. It's not just jumping into places without knowing what we're going to expect. Um, there are no uh, handbooks for most of the social media. So if you're over 30 and you're looking for someone to tell you how to use it, I'll be gladly to glad to help you um, understand it a little bit more. But there are very few guidelines and handbooks that can explain this to you. A lot of it comes from observation and engagement. So um, be patient about that. It's a different world and it's a different approach now. So we also have to adapt to that. And it is a very fun challenge to become someone who learns from experience but it also leads again to all these miscommunications to these disconnections to this frustration so be patient with yourself be patient with the process and be daring be bold and and jump into this with with the idea that you have something to bring to social media, that you have a voice, that you have ideas, that you have values, and that you can find a lot of people who have them who are waiting for your voice and your input. Again, I'm Jimena Santibanez. I am very, very happy that you're listening to this finally. I hope that this will be the first of many, many episodes where we can share more about the social impact of technology and how we can make it a positive impact. Because I'm very, very sure, and I have witnessed myself, how amazing it can be. And I hope it can be as amazing and as useful for you. Thank you. <laughs>